Welcome back to a new year and the 20th episode of Banana Corn. Wow, I can't believe it's been the first anniversary or the one year anniversary of Banana Corn. So welcome, welcome back to hopefully a new 2023 you and a progressive and growth of Banana Corn for us. So today's episode is called Dear Mom, We Had a Tough, where we explored the challenges that our parents face when immigrating to a new country and being children of immigrants. Through conversations with our own experiences, we'll uncover the unique struggles that immigrant parents must confront in order to create a better life for themselves and their families. We'll also explore how these struggles have shaped us and the impact it has had on our identity, culture, and self-determination. Join us as we grapple with the complexities of immigration and the many facets of the immigrant experience. So let's dive in. This topic is actually chosen by my dear mom. We were thinking about which topic to talk about for our 20th episode. And while, you Mm -hmm. know, jumping off of ideas, my mom proposed this idea about how our identity is made up of what we go through, but also who we live with, which is our parents. And thinking about how they also had it hard when they had to move to another country and adjust by themselves with having children, you know. So... Mm. Basically, I guess I can just kind of start off where I believe my mom came up with this topic because she had a lot of experience traveling around the world because my dad had been on business trips and those business trips would last a long time. So my mom would tag along and eventually our family settled in Abu Dhabi. But previously, we also had traveled a lot in you know Africa or in the Middle East as well. So this is where the topic came from. And I guess it has to deal with the identity of my mom as well like how she tried to keep our roots preserved while we were trying to adjust to a new country so her mm. attempt of preserving this koreanness inside us was visiting korea in summer while people would go to like hagwon which is like the study sessions like after school study sessions we wouldn't mm-hmm. actually necessarily spend our summer vacations in those academics we would be in the museums she let us explore a lot of like history museums museums a lot of war museums and that's where my brother actually got really interested in history and like he was so deep into it like he would read books about it and he would love korea because of it so Mm. yes that was a success mom good job like yeah you guys yeah i can go next so my mom immigrated to the states when she was 16 she never really finished high school like she only did half of it and then actually her mom was like hey listen there's like these group of children who's also your age or older who's going to the states for that american dream i want you to go do you want to go 
And then my mom was like, yeah, I want to leave this place. And at that time, China was not really a good place to live. It was really underdeveloped. Mm. There wasn't a lot of opportunities. And then everybody had that, you know, American dream in their mind. So my mom took it and it was a rough journey. She had to climb mountains. She had to stay in the sea for a long time. She had to see a lot of people that couldn't make it die because of a disease or something like that and just have to push through, get to this land of the free, quote unquote. It was tough. I mean, she got here not knowing anything and it was just through time. She slowly began to adjust to the culture. And I can't really say American culture because the American culture is so young, you know, and it encompasses a lot of different cultures. So she was just in her like Chinese Fujonese community here and just trying to make money and earn for a living. How she preserved the Chinese culture when she had us and growing up was mainly to be honest honest because my parents work in the restaurant they don't really come home that much so it really was our grandparents who when I was around 11 stayed with us and then that was the year and the age where I stopped going to my neighbor's house she stopped babysitting us and before then it was all American culture for me because after school me and my brother would go to our neighbor's house and she would babysit us until 9 30 p.m when my mom would come and get us and we would always play with her kids and eat her food which is like pasta and bread <laughs> or pizza. And it wasn't until my grandparents came over around when I was 11 where they stayed with us and they cooked like, you know, Chinese food every single meal. <laughs> and since my grandparents couldn't speak English, we had to only speak Mandarin with them. That helped, you know, in forcing, well, in the beginning, forcing us to go to Chinese school every Sunday. That also helped to preserve the culture and celebrating Chinese New Year. I think Angela's mom's story is a little bit similar with my mom's story, but there are also differences. So in my case, my mom, she was part of the younger generation at the time that accepted new changes in China. So she was very much open-minded towards overseas, international, especially Western standards and etc. So from a very early age, she always like looked into magazines and try and learn these foreign cultures. The opportunity arrived when she met my dad and my dad wanted to go to South Africa to do business. She took on it in a more of a positive light, thinking that, hey, you know, this might be one of my first opportunities to go overseas and start a life overseas. Obviously, her end goal was also quite like what Angela mentioned, that American dream or even a UK dream, you can even say. The opportunity arrived. She went with my dad to South Africa and I have to say, it's ready from zero. Like they just, you know, picked up their suitcase and just arrived in the country and just started everything from zero. I still kind of feel so surprised when I hear that because I don't think I even have that courage to do that, you know, starting everything from zero. Obviously, she also had doubts, but like, you know, having in the end believing in yourself thinking that things will get better from where you are and I think that's something I really admire from my mom and she actually did pull through even though <laughs> in her words she said like she degraded herself by coming to South Africa because <laughs> she was you know in a hotel where she, she wasn't even a manager at the front desk so like coming to South Africa she had to do a lot of like those flea markets kind of business they also did some like pirated CDs <laughs> yes I can say it now because it's over mm-hmm. anyway she moved through that and then eventually she got a job 
at a casino and then now she's a stay-at-home mom and looking after us and supporting us and everything that we do so yeah that's quite the journey my mom went through and i'd say in terms of preserving our culture first of all she, as i said she was very open-minded to western culture so i think growing up my sister and i were just our cuisine would include both western and eastern food but for like these holidays because certain holidays you need like certain gifts and certain food to eat my mom has tried very hard to keep that at least adhere to the tradition so we knew a lot about that and i'm really grateful that she pushed it through because now i'm like okay i'm not totally foreigner in china i know what's going on like with the different holidays actually i wanted to add because like mind you like this is 10 years ago so they must have faced serious discrimination like serious racism that like our society right now might not be acceptable of but going oh, yeah. through and actually adjusting to a new place i think that kind of mindset also was implied on us as we kind of grew up because after seeing whatever they go through it's like oh i can do the same if they can do it too so i think that's why like, a part of me kind of wants to still explore and for them to actually like think about how we'll grow and how we would be so different from other people like about like you know accepting cultures and stuff by preserving like food or like language i think that was pretty mm. creative like i'm just thinking like if i was a mom like would i be thinking about that because like a part of me wants my kid to be able to adjust to the new environment and just live their mm-hmm. life but yeah it's just their choice of trying to preserve best of both worlds for the kid yeah and, yeah yeah and i think it actually does go a long way only because i support this <laughs> growing up i have seen like other kids maybe from similar backgrounds as i am their parents also migrated to south africa but some of their parents actually don't make that effort to preserve the culture and what ends up happening is that kid would be on the outside looks like asian but you know it's totally south african which is really hard because no matter how much you try and fit in and you know the location you're in because of how you look their first perception of you is not like you're a citizen of this country like you are my home buddy whatever they will still think you're a foreigner and then it's like getting to talk to you they realize oh okay you and i are from the same background or something like that which is a pity because it's like you're kind of hiding a part of your identity some of the people i met they actually deliberately hide that identity like they try to fit in so much with the local culture that i feel like they've lost a part of themselves and it's kind of hard it's like you know you should look in the mirror (laughs) i don't know how to say this (laughs) yeah amen cindy amen i totally relate with what you just said because i was in that position where i can totally relate to this because i was born in the states but then when i was a baby around three months i was shipped to china and then my grandparents (laughs) raised me up and i went like back and forth really quickly from the states and china Mm -hmm. only to renew my visa and it wasn't until i was five years old where i permanently started kindergarten in the states my first early early years of childhood i grew up with everybody that looked like me and then to suddenly go to a place where nobody looks like me and everybody had blue eyes and blonde hair it was very just intimidating and shocking when i was five till the middle of middle school (laughs) middle of middle school (laughs) i really was just hiding my identity i never even want to be part of or to even be in linked with anything that's Chinese. The only thing mm-hmm. Chinese was when I go home. And even if I had play dates, I would never want my friends to come to my house because it smells like fish. <laughs> and and it's oh, just that's probably your grandma's fault. <laughs> yeah, it probably it's probably my grandma's fault. You're right. But I just never wanted to connect with that side because I was embarrassed and mm-hmm. ashamed and nobody made it cool for me. You know, nobody yeah. made it seem like oh being Chinese is 
school, being Asian was school, and everybody around me didn't eat, even eat the same food as me. So I don't want to be different. You know, I don't want to be the outlier mm. of my community. So I tried so hard fitting in and closing the other side of me, Chinese side of me. Mm. And it wasn't until middle of high school where I discovered like K-pop. <laughs> and I and then, and then I realized, <laughs> oh my God, Asians can be cool. They can be hot. What was that? I didn't get a rock. <laughs> really helped yeah. with that self-esteem of like, okay, I need to embrace this Asian side mm. and can be cool. I think it's the part where you kind of have to accept the fact that like you don't belong in a place. The fact you belong in different parts of everywhere. So it's like you kind of see that I don't fit here, but I fit a bit like here and there, but not like yeah. So it's like you don't have a place to go, but you kind of relate at the same time. I think that's the fun of being the third culture kid. That's what they call it, third culture kid. Exactly. Yeah. Really, I never heard of this term, third culture kid before. Third culture kid is like you're brought up in an environment. Your parents are part of this culture, culture A, let's say, and mm-hmm. then you grew up in culture B, but then you actually mm-hmm. have a culture C, which is like you don't belong in either A or B because you have that feeling of like lost that, you know, oh. that only culture C people can relate, which is mm-hmm. currently you and the three of us. <laughs> That's why we're, <laughs> we're able to relate with each other. It's like yeah. each of us, like, you know, like Angela, A, B, C, if you want to say, American Chinese and I'm Chinese mm-hmm. South African and then Han is like Korean but grew up in like various regions of the world I'm kidding <laughs> Korean Abu Dhabi but you born in Nabia, yeah. Namibia <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah so that kind of binary identity we all have and that feeling of like disconnect with the local culture but also understanding part of it I also want to bring it back to the parents because like growing up now that I'm working I kind of relate more to like the business aspect of everything here like in my case my parents came for my dad's job but like thinking about how he had to like I said before Asians never actually like set foot in UAE so like no one knew about Koreans like if I say I was from Korea Mm. they wouldn't know where it was or they would ask if it was North Korea (laughs) which is very stupid but you know yes (laughs) you gotta accept the whatever is coming at you so in that aspect it's like thinking about how my dad kind of plowed his way through business and getting contracts like getting the business up and running getting people to respect you and to work with you I think that takes a lot of gut and a lot of you know yeah like imagine me going to somewhere and you're like an alien and someone has to trust you to do like a task you know I think that's pretty tough as an immigrant as well so I gotta give props to my parents yeah Yeah. I'm literally starting from zero it's like you have no foundation everything you you rely on yourself and I feel like our parents a part of them know that they can trust in themselves in order to do something like that yeah i'm just yeah. thinking like back then you know it's kind of similar to like now regarding han's dad situation if i decided to go to say like serbia or syria to like start a business it's really scary because mm. you don't know anything about that country but at the time the middle east is still was it still a developed continent or i mean it was developing in a sense they just struck oil so they they were bringing business but okay. there weren't mm. previous businesses so people there didn't know how to interact with other people and Korean companies were starting to I guess settle in so that's why mm. he was kind of the first one there so he had to like set everything well in. talking about relation to history when our parents immigrated my parents too like my dad he 
arrived before Nelson Mandela became president. And then when my mom came, it's like when he became president. So that's like the start of South Africa as a democracy. Yeah, actually, their mindset was more focused on business, which the older I get, the more understand why they missed out such a historical like development significance. That basically means a lot of the foundations, the infrastructure in South Africa was still developing. And perhaps that's also one of the reasons why my dad saw the opportunity because seen something in China and then when you come to a new country you can see what's missing and that I think is what might have gave my parents the guts to try it out at least for a few years and if it doesn't work they just go back well it seemed like it worked because they stayed <laughs> yeah just like Han said there were so few Koreans in Abu Dhabi there were so few Chinese people in South Africa like even now now that I'm in China and I tell them hey you know my parents and I am from South Africa they're just like why South Africa <laughs> like why yeah. did your parents why? decide to go to South Africa <laughs> like out of all places because everybody goes to America everybody goes to England UK it feels like an anomaly for our family to choose that place if you think Mm -hmm. about it it's just each country is their own opportunities and stuff so I was just gonna say it reminds me how I'm heading to Portugal out of nowhere Like, Yay! I'm going, I'm going to you. a new really country free. that I don't even Ooh. know. Just taking my suitcase and just going there and see what happens. I have my visa appointment tomorrow, so I'm just like really nervous. And I don't know. Some part of me is like, do I want it to succeed? And some part of me really wants to go because to challenge myself and dive into the unknown, I'm always for it. But then at the same time, I'm just scared of failing. But talking about it here with our parents, I mean, they must have felt the same thing, you know? But yeah. they didn't have a choice, whereas I had a choice, and then I'm going. Yeah, yeah we have a choice. <laughs> but you're definitely gonna learn something from it, and you're definitely come out stronger. So yeah, I don't know. It's just me having grown up as a first generation of immigrants. I think that's what we call ourselves, right? But I do feel like it's like when we move to a new country or anything like that. I feel like we're more prepped for it mm-hmm. in a way, you know, mm-hmm. since like our parents went through it. We're a bit more realistic with our options. You know, what are the most necessities we need? and all that why I say this is because I remember the first year of freshman like I met so many people who maybe they've stayed their whole life in this one country to the point where it's like they don't know what they need when they arrive in a new place and that was shocking for me yeah I thought these were common sense but turns out it could have been the fact that our parents were immigrants and they told us their hardships growing up that we think about them. like it unconsciously in our mind as well probably I don't know yeah I think our adaptability is really strong yeah that's the word there we go i was leading to that <laughs> good job <laughs> adaptability yes actually going off of that i don't know if you guys also experienced this but my mom was trying to cook korean food but because in abu dhabi there aren't any like korean stuff so we would for our adaptability sake of adapting to abu dhabi my mom would bring back like chili powders and we would stack kimchi like in our bags and our luggages yeah i don't know if you guys did that same with my mom we had that like once a month trip to the Chinatown <laughs> the whole car's boots full with like all the snacks and everything because at the time it was most of stuff was from Taiwan yeah yeah those take time to ship you know we would buy a whole stack and then slowly enjoy it yeah we also had to adapt so Cindy mentioned about adaptability right and how ours is very enhanced because we had the opportunity to 
would be a third culture kid. But for the people all their life, they grew up in one culture. For example, I'm just going to say the Chinese students in our school who for some all their life, they never stepped out of China and they only know about the Chinese culture. They may think in a very narrow minded space. And that is what I think I would be if my parents never made the decision to leave. And if I grew up in Fuzhou, China, I think I would only think of a certain way because you're following their social norm. You don't want to be different. You want to fit in. So I think I will just be a regular Chinese gal. Yeah, I get where you're coming mm-hmm. from because like currently right now, I'm usually very able to go on friendly terms with a lot of people and especially my colleagues. But there are certain type of individuals I just can't seem to communicate with them. And there are the people who've been like in this one country all their life. In my workplace, it's people growing up in China their whole life. It's like they have this mindset based on the, these social norms, as you say, Angela. They think everything in that way. And a part of me is a little bit jealous because being a third culture kid, the biggest problem we have is like loneliness and realizing that we'll never fit in anywhere i feel like that's such a sad truth and you have to live with that because nothing's gonna change this is the fate you've been put in so part of me is like a little jealous like oh you know what if i grew up in that kind of environment i don't even need to worry about my identity when people ask where you're from i can just answer in one simple word you know (laughs) but then at the same time having seen so much being so open-minded to different changes because of being an immigrant interacting these these individuals at the same time so glad that my parents decided to migrate so that I can see things if you can say a bit beyond like on the shoulders of giants because everything I say I know there's always like two aspects or more and I think that's something growing up as an immigrant that's something that's like nailing to you and I think that's what people who've only grew up in one place they lack and not even aware of to the point it's like they can offend someone without even realizing so if you never left on you would just be a total curvy I wonder if I would be able to fit in. Like looking from my point of view right now, like I don't think I could do it. But if I wasn't aware of this life, maybe I would have. Although part of me thinks like I won't be happy in that world. Maybe. (laughs) Part of me is like lazy, which I don't think is a characteristic that is very welcome in certain societies. I would really suffer. But being an immigrant, being a third culture kid, you know, we have a little bit more options. We realize, you know, we don't have to fit in this one category we can be different various combinations yeah i mean there's a lot of people like us out there but they're just scattered around the world i don't want to say that i'm in a position of superiority because i'm international like i have my own problems you guys have your own problems we can't compare our problems with one another but i might be actually happy you know being a korean finding happiness in like little daily stuff like oh the bus came when i just stepped out of my room you know it's like those little simple things and then one day married have children like yeah part of me wants that life a part of me doesn't want Mm. that life so it's like i don't Mm. know what i want but whatever it is i get you though i I might be happy yeah but Mm. when it comes down to the question of would i make the same decision as our parents moving to a new country and settling by themselves and trying to raise a kid and all that stuff i can't easily say yet because i know looking at my parents like how much they went through and i don't know if 
if I could go through that thing. But because of my experience, I would totally do it because I know how I was raised. For me, I mean, I will still choose. Yes, I will still go to a new country. Even now, I'm doing it. But especially during you know my parents' time in the 1980s, going to America, I would make the same decision. If my country right now not sufficient, where I wasn't able to make money to live or to give my parents, I would take the opportunity to go to a new one and make a new life. Because who knows? Maybe that new chapter could lead me somewhere. Yeah, I would definitely take it if you know I was in China and during my parents' time. Well, both of you are like quite positive. My answer is actually I feel like I'm too scared for this. Like I wouldn't have the the courage to actually start a new in a country you know I haven't been before. Especially as you know having grown up as a child of immigrants, you know, been through that struggle of like not fitting in and all that. I think I would think twice before actually having a family at this new place. Like even if I do, I think I might even send them to. International school or something that makes them feel like they're not totally left out. I'll try and make it as homely as possible. And but I think in order for all that to happen, like I need to feel prepared, and I don't have that right yet. So developing myself, so I don't have the courage to go into stepping to a new country like Angela does. Which I have to say, kudos to you. That is also yeah. courage. And lucky you, you don't have a family yet, so <laughs> yeah. you can go and explore. You don't have the baggage of having a family, yeah. which our parents unfortunately. Have. Had. All right. So to recap today's episode, uh, we started with sharing the stories of moms who took on the challenge of immigrating to a new country and how they eventually decided to build a family on this completely foreign land. We then went on how this affected us growing up as the first generation of immigrants, being a third culture kid, and then the kind of fun and challenges we face. Of course, there's always ups and downs for everything, but I think our experience as third culture kids had really puts into perspective how the decisions of a single person or persons, basically our parents, can bring change to the next generation. And that also begs the question, would we have the same courage as our mothers to do the same? I think currently it's a bit hard to tell. I mean, the three of us had different answers after all. But one thing for sure is that the decisions of our parents and the, especially the bravery of our moms has definitely helped shape the individuals we became today. And hopefully that also shapes the kind of parent we wish to be for our children. So dear mom, we had it tough, but mom, you gave us the real stuff. Well, thank you, Cindy, for wrapping this episode up with a lovely and witty quote. And thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. Dear Mom, we had it tough. And if you haven't, please subscribe, like, and leave a rating for Banana Corn. And recommend this to all your family and friends. And follow us on Instagram, Banana Corn PD. And come back and join us on our next episode. This is us. Bye. 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 Bye.